And welcome back in another episode of the Stripe Show podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. And joining me today from Philly, it's going to be in the 60s today. He's the associate editor and writer for Bro Bible and also the founder of By the Flagstick. And he joins me, Mark Harris. Thanks for getting up with me, buddy. How you doing, man? I appreciate it. Yeah. Finally, mid-60s, the snow has finally melted up here. We got quite a bit over the past month and a half or so. Finally back on the golf course. Good, and I uh, appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, well, uh, I follow your stuff, and um, I appreciate you coming on and talking a little golf here as we, uh, well, we roll into the season, right? Like you said, it's the 60s in Philly, and um, everybody's kind of getting the itch here. The Masters, of course, two weeks away, and uh, we're coming off the Honda, which, let's face it, I mean, the Honda Classic has not benefited from these schedule changes. Um, of course, the Honda usually is the first tournament once we get to the Florida swing. Never been great fields, but certainly better than we saw over the week here. Now the Honda um, following the Players' Championship, an exciting Players' Championship. Justin Thomas coming back and winning, shooting 64-68 on the weekend. And here we are at the Honda and Matt Jones just kind of runs away with it. I mean, no one, I mean, no one makes a run at this dude. Were you surprised? A little bit. I mean, obviously with Matt Jones at the top of the leaderboard, you're always going to be surprised when you see his name. I'm just his uh, second one on tour. But I mean, he was fun to watch for me. I, I love his pre-shot routine. I mm-hmm. love how fast he plays. Um, you know, the pre-shot routine is awesome because it's like, okay, no bad thoughts can get in my mind. I'm going to hit this right to left every time he's an Aussie. So he knows how to keep it real low. Um, You know, he's not the flashiest or most fun guy to watch, but he put on an absolute clinic and you can't take that away from him. And he did it while playing with JB Holmes on Sunday, which is the (laughs) slowest golfer in golf, which I think you have to benefit, which JB did not have his best stuff on Sunday by any means. He, you know, got up and down on the last to, to break 80, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was fine. Like you said, it just bad scheduling. It's, Nobody's fault. Um, but Adam Scott was in the field. You know, maybe if Adam Scott was the top of the board, maybe it would have been more exciting to see that. Maybe an Aussie versus Aussie kind of deal. But yeah, it, it, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. You know, it's interesting with JB, right? Like he is one of the slowest players in the uh, of in, in in professional golf. And because of that, now all of a sudden, it's like he's a bad guy, right? right. In Twitter, people taking shots at him. I think Riggs said something like, I really enjoyed watching JB collapse on Sunday, mm-hmm. right? And it's like a lot of that is generated from he's a slow golfer, right? JB's not a bad guy. He is a slow golfer. It's annoying. It's easy to take shots at him. But the complete opposite of that, and I tweeted this, I said that, you know, Matt's going to have to kind of have to scale this down probably a little bit in the way that he's going about this because he is the fastest golfer on the PGA tour, no one gets in there quicker than him and hits it. It's like four seconds. Once he gets over the ball, gets one look and go. It almost, it is refreshing, but at the same time, it's like, man, I wish I could play golf more like that. It's hard to be that committed and just let it go. Um, Where do you, where do you land on that? Which way, which way is your game? Are you more like Matt or are you more like JB or are you kind of in the middle? Yeah, it's funny because I've always been a, Growing up in Tennessee, I've always been a big Brant Snedeker guy, which is obviously another one of the quickest guys on tour, especially, you know, on the greens and stuff, one of the best putters since I've been alive, probably. Um, but I was thinking about it yesterday just watching Matt Jones is 
you know, as an amateur golfer, you're always kind of taught, okay, you need to have a pre-shot routine. You need to do it the same way every single time, have the step into the ball the same way, have this kind of thought thing. And Matt Jones definitely has that, but it's so concise. Like you said, four or five seconds to where, you know, even his pre-shot routine, it was just kind of like that quarter swing into the ground. You know, I'm hitting this right to left. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I would, like you said, I wish I could do that. But as an amateur golfer, obviously I'm not Matt Jones or a professional out here. <laughs> so you have these scary thoughts over, you know, especially out on a golf course where there's water in place, 16 out of 18 holes. Um, but yeah, it was impressive. I would, I would, like I said, I wish, and I think everybody kind of wishes they could just do that and have that shot in the bag and go from there. You know, one of the, one of the coolest things about Matt Jones, he's from Australia, of course, his uh, coach, Gary Barter, they've been together for 25 years. Okay. Since 15 years old, that's when they started. Matt is 40 now, 25 Mm. years, same coach. I saw uh, Gary's post uh, this morning, congratulating Matt. That's very cool. You don't see that uh, very often. And, you know, you look at Matt and the way he's been trending. I mean, coming into this, I'm not surprised that he played well. He's had a decent record at the Honda, uh, but his approach game has been pretty good. And, you know, he was eighth at the Genesis. Uh, I think when you look at Matt, probably around the green and on the green was exceptionally good for him this week. And uh, I think you add that up with really nobody taking a run at him on Sunday. He avoided all double bogeys, which I think was a key. Huge, um, yeah. You know, 61 is always a good start on Thursday, but he didn't make a double bogey at all, which is saying a lot going around PGA national uh, for four times, but you know, it brings up the question, right? And and this is something that is debated a lot is, is pro golf better without stars these weeks when we know we're not going to get stars because the best players can't play every single week, right? There's going to be times where it just makes sense for them to take a week off like it did this week, because now they got the WGC out in Texas and then Mm -hmm. Augusta after the Valero, right? So it's a Mm -hmm. natural place to take some time off is pro golf better without any stars, which is basically what we had. We had a few, I get it. Adam Scott was there. Ricky Fowler still has a little firepower star power. I should stay not much firepower, but star <laughs> yeah. power. Um, but is it better without the stars or are we just better off? Like, look, let's just take a week off and come back next week at the WGC. What do you say? No, I think it's, it's still worth it. I mean, that's how golf's been forever. I mean, like you said, not everybody can play every week. Um, you know, some fields just aren't going to be there. You know, I remember, you know, again, growing up in Tennessee, the Memphis field, the St. Jude, that fell the week before the U.S. Open, I think, a, a while back before it was a WGC. And that field was weak all the time. You know, Phil would come and stuff like that. But, yeah, but it's still worth it. I mean, these guys are still – I mean, he still had over a million-dollar payday. Um, it changes his life, changes his career. It gets him into the Masters. Um, you see Ricky Fowler out there who needs to get in the masters. He's already, you know, uh, committed to the Valero. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely a story. There's always going to be storylines that are going to be interesting. They're not going to be interesting to everybody by any means. I'm not going to sit here and say that I watched every shot of the Honda on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, but mm-hmm. I was, you know, I watched the back nine yesterday, um, because I'm a, you know, a golf fan. And I think there's a lot of people that fall in that boat. It would have been nicer if it wasn't a five shot advantage at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, Aaron wise, forgot how to putt but you know it was yeah. it, it's fine i think it it's absolutely better you need to have golf every weekend come on yeah no i agree no i tend to agree um i i, I like you know these oh, likes probably not the the right word but i don't mind watching 
a tournament once in a while like this that is mm-hmm. lacking in firepower, especially coming off the players, right? JT making the run, big name, huge tournament. And then you go here and there's nothing happening uh, on Sunday, which I was surprised. Not so much surprised that Aaron Wise struggled with the putter because that mm-hmm. is his downfall coming in. And I tweeted after Friday that, you know, that's going to be the thing to watch with him. Can he maintain with the putter? I think he is good enough to win again a second time. He's done some good work um, with Jeff Smith. The name that pops out to me as I look at the leaderboard is Ricky Fowler. He just continues to struggle. He made the cut, um, but he's fighting his swing. I mean, this, this guy, I said it at the time when he went down this path, and this is no assault on any teacher or anything, but the changes that I think Ricky wanted to make were just huge changes. I mean, just wholesale changes that I just didn't really see panning out. And if they do, it's going to be probably perhaps another year from now. He's into it a year. I see him hitting a lot of poles. I I see him hitting a lot of weak white fades off to the Mm -hmm. right. I mean, I'm just, I'm not optimistic about Ricky Fowler. What say you? No, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously back in the day, he was so laid off. He was just kind of an athlete out there with his golf swing. And now it just seems like he's, I don't know if he's what he's exactly chasing. I think he's chasing something, obviously. And like you said, his, every time I have tuned in, his pull is it's a pull hook off the tee is his miss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he, you know, likes to work the ball both ways as everybody out there does. But yeah, I think it's chasing something. It doesn't look good. Like I said, he, he committed to the Valero, try to get in the masters, um, I think he's 65th or 66th in the world rankings right now, which is mm-hmm. if you would have said that like two years ago, you would have been ridiculed forever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, but of course, PJ Tour is obviously going to have him in the featured groups by any yeah. means because he's still a draw, still has the star power. But like you said, he made the cut. I think he shot 78 or 79 on Saturday. Just mm-hmm. doesn't have the consistency, obviously, is just not there. Well, it's just a big miss. I mean, you yeah. can't hit hard pulls. No. Um, off the tee and irons and then and then the hard pull can be and then you start you know then you start leaning out of it and then you hit the white mm-hmm. um i get the question a lot like what, what's he doing in my opinion here's what ricky's trying to do I, I think he's certainly trying to get more loaded into the trail side which i can see he doesn't he you know ricky's kind of tend to spin away a little bit mm-hmm. so he's kind of getting more loaded and then he's getting the shaft more kind of stood up a little bit more vertical so it points a little bit less laid off Mm-hmm. at the top now the net effect of that is okay ricky forever has had the shaft pointing a little left at the top a little laid off yep. and then he and then he tends to kind of pull down so the shaft kind of goes through a little steepening phase and that's the way he played forever mm-hmm. coming out of oklahoma state into winning five times on the pga tour now it's not as laid off right or perhaps more down the line which then is going to suggest the shaft wants to shallow out Yep. And I see it kind of like right on the line where it could be a little laid off or a little bit more on the line. And it's almost like he's kind of caught in between, but regardless, those are big wholesale changes because I think there's a lot to say when wherever the shaft pitch is coming down and the body responds to it, a player can be instinctive from there. And even when it's not right, they can, they can steer it to some degree. I think now that he's changed that pattern and he's, and he's caught and caught in between, he just doesn't know where it is at the bottom as much. Do you, right? do you think he just kind of, I mean, fell into bad form and just kind of freaked out a little bit and was like, okay, I got to change something or 
do you think he's chasing something? Because he's I never been he's... the shortest guy on. I mean, he's first of all, if you ever see the guy in person, he's a small dude. Like, yeah, he hits it a long way for his size. So, I mean, what do you where do you think it came from? I, I think that some of it is from the back. I think Ricky's had some lower back issues, and I think when when you go through that steepening phase as he did, he had to kind of back up out of it a little bit to the right, and I think that mm-hmm. puts some hinge on his back. So I think he's trying to eliminate some of that where he can kind of cover it better and take some stress off the back. That's just, that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I have some resources that I think would validate that, but um, you know, I don't think he's really come out and put it that way, articulated it quite like that. Sure. But regardless, those are the changes that are happening. And I think he's just in between right now. And and that's a, that's a tough place to be. So We'll see how he goes. You know, he he's certainly one storyline for the year. Jordan Spieth has went the other way. Um, he's another storyline. He's rebounded, playing really good golf, which is fantastic to see. I mean, it's yeah. just cool to have him back. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins this thing. Um, you know, coming up, clips one off here very very yeah. quickly. I mean, he's playing some really good golf. He's driving it better. Other storylines: Bryson taking the world by storm. Brooks looks like he might be out for the masters. There's so much movement going on. Will Zalatoris. What are, what are one or two storylines for you to this point as we get closer to the masters that has really stood out for you? Yeah, I think you hit them both. I think it's Spieth and Bryson. Um, If you had to rank them one and two, I'd probably say Bryson because he's gotten in the winner's circle. He's still, I mean, must watch like players Sunday was just theater, especially when he hit the top and, then shanked his shot and stuff like that. It's he's still must watch TV, but Spieth is falling back into that court category too. You know, a few years ago he was, you know, must watch like on, a, especially on a Sunday when in contention, you you were watching Jordan Spieth. Oh yeah. Um, all 18 holes, you know, that kind of thing. So I think those are the two biggest, like you said, um, yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all to see Spieth real one off. And then you really get the masters hype going um, in, into that kind of thing. So, you know, in Austin, you know, Texas kid, Maybe he can pull it off this week. We'll see. He's got to, you know, keep it in play off the tee um, and make sure the putter's just lukewarm. He could be there. But, yeah, I think it's Spieth and Bryce, and I think it'll probably be those two heading into Augusta for sure as the the top storylines probably. Well, this is breaking coming across right now. Bryson has put in his story on Instagram, breaking news coming out at 3 p.m. today. What in the world could that possibly be, Mark? I mean, it has to be another sponsor, right? He's just he's just teasing another sponsor, or um, he's got his own flavor of Orgain protein coming out. Yeah, I don't know. You know, he's you know maybe he's got some sponsor post of Bentley coming out. Who knows? Or maybe he's <laughs> maybe he's going to flip the whole script. You know, I think it was uh, Dylan Deathier at, at Golf Digest or wherever he's at put up that picture at the players where he looked smaller, like yeah. he's kind of maybe slimmed up a little bit. Well, maybe that's something to watch, but there's no telling what his announcement is. Yeah, he's he's definitely he's definitely thinned down for sure. Yeah. He, he's not yeah. as big um, as he was. Mm-hmm. Clubhead speed though continues to be to be quite impressive, and I don't know the guy is is so polarizing. I I love him for the sport, um, and and he's just he's really challenging the narrative and and pushing people and. I, I was absolutely shocked when Rory came out and admitted yeah. that he was out there um, chasing distance. I think it's really interesting right now in today's game now with Bryson. We're in the distance era. I still teach a fair amount. I have some junior players. You know, when you're young, you can get out there and maximize speed and get that going early. 
which is what we're seeing. And we're starting to see now players like a Will Zalatoris and others that are coming that they're going to show up bunting it 310, you know? Right. I mean, yeah. Will can just kind of like, I'm just going to hit this little bunt out mm-hmm. there and it's going to go like 310. Like, wait, wait what, what did you say? You know, mm-hmm. like they're let it out at 340, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, that's coming. There's more and more of that coming. To me, that what's interesting are the guys that are right now in the heat of the battle with Bryson in their prime. What are you going to do? R- Rory made a bad decision. I mean, yeah. you can't just go chasing distance. He's number two in distance as it is. Um, no. How are you going to handle it? I think it's a very interesting debate. I had a guy tell me, Mark, and I'll have you respond to this. I had a guy tell me on Instagram that Jordan Spieth did the right thing in his prime to basically sacrifice three years to go after more distance. What do you say to that? I don't know about that one. That's that's tough for me because he was so hot. Um, I mean, I can see it chase. I mean, I don't know. That's interesting. You could <laughs> you can ch- you can chase speed, but not fall off a cliff. You know, yeah. Like Rory's misses at the players were unbelievable. Oh yeah. Like you get that from him every, I say every couple of years maybe where he has just ridiculous tournaments where he doesn't look like one of the greatest golfers of the past decade. Um, but yeah, like in, when he came out and said that, I was like, that's, that's a real thing. Like he's mm-hmm. like, it, like you said, he's not a short hitter. Like he hits, I mean, if he really, like you said, like bunning it, he's a three ten player yeah. basically bunning it when he really wants to rip it. He's the longest hitter on the planet. Probably. Yeah. Consistently, well, you know, yeah, he's one he of can, he's, you know, find fairways swing like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, he doesn't it's need absurd. to be longer. Yeah, I think no. Rory got I think Rory got his feathers ruffled when they came back at um drawing a blank here in Texas, the first event at the uh, at the Schwab, Charles uh-huh. Schwab. And they played a practice round and Bryson was hitting it past him 30 yards consistently. Mm-hmm. I think that put it in motion and you know, Rory hasn't played good at all. I mean, really since coming back and he was playing very good before COVID, but I think, I do think that put it in motion. And when you chase distance, okay. So I think a couple things happen. You can chase distance a couple ways. One is you can go after club head speed and now things start lengthening out and more force. And how does that affect shaft lean at the bottom? And, and now all of a sudden distance control with your irons starts to change right? There's a, there's a lot of things that start to change in, in, in proximity and the precision of the strike. And we know strokes and approach is so important. So yes, I'm hitting it longer, but am I able to still dial in my control in the approach game? The other is you start changing the dynamics through the impact zone, right? Okay. Now I'm hitting up more and we know if you hit Mm -hmm. up more, I can hit it longer. And does that trickle down into the iron game? Right. Because now I'm hitting up and now I'm hanging back and losing control of the face. I think with Rory, it's the latter. I think he's, I see him certainly kind of not covering it as much. Mm -hmm. He's swinging Mm -hmm. harder and backing up, which might have some effect in the driver, but his iron game is really struggling and particularly his wedges. That's, that's what I see. And that's what happens with these players. I'll tell you a quick story. I I worked with Fred Funk for years, who was the Mm -hmm. straightest driver of the ball ever. And probably him and Calvin. And, you know, he looked at me one time. I remember when TrackMan was kind of coming out and we were looking at the numbers and Fred hits one degree down on it with his driver. And he says, gosh, if I hit two degrees up on it, I'm going to hit it this much further. (laughs) So he starts trying to hit up on it. And what does he start doing? He starts going this way like Rory. And 
and all of a sudden he can't find it. Mm-mm. And he goes out and he plays in a tournament and it's a wreck. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm I'm going to be a part of this team that just screwed up the straightest driver of the golf ball of all time yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because he's trying to hit up on it. But quickly he came back and he's like, I can't play golf that way. I know yeah. I hit it further, but I can't control it. And I think Your that's what so happened. much bigger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's what's gonna that's what's gonna be really interesting in today's game because Rory's not the only one. No, no, no. He's not Gosh, the only no. one that's going down this path right now. And no. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I I disagree. You can't sacrifice these prime years <laughs> for another no. 15 years. You're good enough. You're 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 a you you are good enough, Rory McElroy. Yeah. Same with Spieth. I mean, Spieth obviously isn't as long as Rory, but he he's not by any means the shortest hitter on tour you find the fairway you get a wedge in that guy's hand i mean it's it's game over and that's what's been so impression with impressive with bryson is yeah he's hitting these bombs like what he did a wing foot like but his wedge game and his putting is when his putting is on it's he's unbeatable like yeah. he, it is it's ridiculous what he can do with the flat stick when he's on for a week like you name the time or place he's he's lapping the field when his putter is rolling like it was at the arnold palmer no yep. joke yeah yeah for sure. Like these great players, you got to do something great, right? Like Jordan is a great putter. Mm-hmm. So you have to, don't, don't go away from that. Right. Don't deviate. That can't become a weakness, right? Like you mm-hmm. may not be the greatest driver, but you are one of the greatest putters in the world. Rory is a great driver. Mm-hmm. Like just hone that in. Don't lose that. Right. And then yep. all of a sudden now he's kind of lost it. He lost 2.5 off the tee at the players. Rory can't do that. No. That's unheard of Yeah, <laughs> for him. I mean, that's – I bet he doesn't lose strokes off the tee. I mean, maybe, I, I guess, you. once once a year maybe? His last yeah, But it ain't time, two and a half. He lost one at the Northern Trust. He lost one at the Farmers back in January of 2020. So he's basically okay. lost two times off the tee. In the past times, year. Three times off the tee in the last 16 months. Yeah, yeah. I mean – Yeah, he, just, can't, he can't do that. Like that's, that's a no, big number especially, too for him. Yeah, two and a half. That's yeah. that's a large number. All right, let's have a little let's have a little fun here. So we got the WGC coming up, right? And we're gonna play a little game of whose A game is better, right? Full Alrighty. systems go. Full systems go. Everything is clicking. Whose game is better? Dustin Johnson or Justin Thomas? <laughs> yeah. That's it's tough. <laughs> Good um, luck with that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh I still am in the crowd that DJ, maybe because it's just his persona and stuff, he doesn't get all the love that he might deserve, but he's a freak. Mm-hmm. He's a freak athlete. Um, so I would give it to, I'd go DJ. Like if you gave, I guess like his his top would be, I mean, last year's run in 2020, like, you know, in June of 2016 as well when he won the US Open, but leading up to the Masters last year, I mean, he was unstoppable. He obviously lapped the field at Augusta. Um, yeah, he, he jumps out for me slightly over JT, especially with what he can do with the driver. Um, and when his, again, when his putter's on too, it's, it's pretty tough to beat. I'd go DJ for sure. Yeah. It's, 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 um, I think it's closer than you think though. I mean, I think JT's iron game is certainly the better of the two strokes gain approach. Um, DJ driving the ball though is so dominant. And it just seems like when he's his a game with the driver filters into that next level approach game too. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it does feel like I tend to agree with you that 
even though I like the approach game of JT probably the best, that driving game with DJ and what it filters into his approach game when he's got all systems go, just it just he makes the game look so damn easy. Yeah. It's just yeah, silly. effortless, just effortless. No matter the golf course, no matter the stage, it's just like when it, when his driver's working, his irons are going to be working, and then when his when his driver's working, he's usually hitting no more than a nine iron into a green anyway. His wedge yeah. game's going to be on point. So yeah, it's just too easy for him when he's got his A game. And JT's wedge game probably is a little bit better. Just a fraction. Yeah. Consistency-wise, for sure. Yeah, and they're both yeah. kind of – they're A putters. Yeah. You know, they, I don't know. You could probably convince me either way. I do think JT's mm-hmm. closing the gap, though. I really do. I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah, yeah. I think he's. Yeah. I think he is closing the gap. All right, next one. Whose A game is better? Bryson DeChambeau or Brooks Kepka? And I know Brooks is hurt right now. may not play in the Masters, but full system Brooks versus full system Bryson. They both have eight wins now. Um, but when Brooks was on, when he won back-to-back U.S. Opens and back-to-back PGAs, that was that was as good as I've seen in a long, long time. Like, I guess going back to Spieth's run, but even more so with Brooks, like the golf courses he did it on was just like what he did at Beth Page and all that, fighting DJ at that one. But Bryson, ah oh man, I don't know. That's a t- that that you can't really go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But a game to a game, which we haven't seen Brooks's. I guess we saw it in Phoenix when he came back. But yeah, if you gave me the kind of the three year, four years ago, Brooks, I would go yeah. Brooks. Would you? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. It's a- isn't it? This is an interesting. That's one. a tough one. <laughs> it is. This is an interesting one because it's been a while with Brooks, mm-hmm. uh, and Bryson's kind of a little more front and center. Um, you know, I, I think I would probably go Bryson to be honest. Yeah, I think I would lean Bryson just because a the distance advantage is astronomical. Like Brooks is not short. I get that, but Bryson is twenty five past him, and yeah. I think Bryson has becoming a better putter than Brooks as well. So Yeah, I would agree with you there for sure. So I think like, you know, when I when I look at it from those two, I think I would give Bryson the edge. Yeah. You might have changed my mind with the putting, but man, like when Brooks was on with those US Opens and PGAs, he was Oh yeah. He was freaky. But Bright I mean, hell, Bryson could he could go on one of those kind of runs too in the next mm-hmm. couple of years for sure. Well, that's what we're seeing, right? I mean, he dominated up in New York and mm-hmm. So now does he do it again? And we saw it with Brooks and, you know, he made the game look very, very easy. Uh, his putting was spot on. Then he switched his putting. Yep. And now he's back to how he used to putt it. It's interesting mm-hmm. with these guys, you know, how they'll, how they'll it's switch. So easy. It's just so easy. They got to, they get bored or something. That's what I it think feels it is. Like for some guys. I, I'm convinced it's boredom. I'm, I'm totally yeah. convinced. Yeah. All right. This one's going to be hard to kind of, Put together as well because it's been a while since we saw the a game of this guy rory mcelroy mm-hmm. versus john rom who certainly has played better than rory over the last i don't know eight to 12 months yeah i think if you if you had to go a game for rory it'd have to be that u.s open week when he won by eight or whatever it was in 2012 i don't know if there's a golfer out there that could probably match that four-day stretch right and I don't think John Rahm could, but I mean, like you said, with the last one, I think he's catching up for sure. Rahm is right there. And like you said, you haven't seen Rory's best stuff in a while. Um, but I think based on just resumes right now, a game versus a game, 
I think you have to go Rory. But if you ask me in three or four months, maybe I say John Rahm. Yeah. So I think right now today you would have to go Rory. Yeah, you probably have. We probably haven't seen the best of John Rahm right. yet. Like when we have seen his A game, it's really good, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the Memorial. Absolutely. Um, but we've seen Rory like peak, and I and I think like his A game is just is crazy, silly, good, fun to watch, right? You almost forget, right? DJ kind of reminded us there with his run last year, like, right, hey guys, I'm still the dog, right? Like, here's yeah. here's yeah. what here's what the top of the line looks like. Mm-hmm. And well, I think we'll see that with Rory again at some point. We we he's going to come back. I mean, he's oh, his yeah. yeah his game will get back. Oh, there's no question that yeah. he'll he'll come back. Um, but I, yeah, I think Rory's a game still to this point is probably above John Rom. Although John Rom certainly is the better putter. I think A to A is the better putter. Mm-hmm. But I think Rory's just more dominant into the green uh, and what he can do there. But again. Best is ahead for John Rom. All right, let's go. Let's go the two big guys here. A game to A game. Best Tiger versus Jack. Who do you got? I mean, there's no wrong answer here, obviously. But given that I didn't grow up watching Jack Nicholas, which you know, I can't help that or anything. Um, I A game to A game. I think you have to go Tiger just for mm-hmm. what he's accomplished what he's done what he's changed to the game which i know that doesn't really mean a game versus a game head to head but i think you have to play all those factors into it um it's tiger i mean yeah for me but i think you know for other people it'd be jack like i said there's no wrong answer but what the runs that he went on augusta the recent augusta run what he did there what he did at the u.s open not playing with two knees yeah, I think you it, you have to tip your cap to Tiger. Yeah, the best golf we've ever seen, I think, was you know Tiger in the early two thousands. You know, it, w- we were reminded here with the players that not only was it the Tiger Slam, but he also had the players. I mean, yeah. he had all five. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just silly. Like yeah. that <laughs> that run of golf is just silly. All four majors plus the players. I don't know how anyone's a game and Jack is one of the greatest of all time for sure. I I don't think he had that level of dominance of no. play over that period of time. So hopefully Tiger gets back. Uh, he's back in Florida now and in uh, healing up, it's going to certainly be probably another year before we even see him um, thinking about playing competitive golf again, but uh, we got good golf coming up. This is uh, a good time of year. Golf is thriving. It's good to see. So do you have any uh, any early leans towards the uh, WGC this week? Anybody yeah. uh, going to surprise us? I don't know about surprise. I mean, I don't know if you would counter it as a surprise, but I th- I think you have to look at Jordan Spieth. Yeah, we kind of hit on it earlier. Um, I haven't. I think the bracket or whatever comes out in about twenty minutes after our recording here. Yeah. But um, another one like Colin Morikawa, I like him. Yeah, Tyrrell Hatton kind of kind of is right there with me. He's been kind of hit or miss. I think he's a hell of a match play guy, mm-hmm. um, but he could maybe fly under the radar, you know, if you're looking at sports books or anything like that, just because he's kind of been hit or miss when he, you know, most people thought he would pop at the players in the week before that. Uh, maybe it's his week. I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, show something out this week for sure. Are you a fan of, you've got the round Robin right early for three days and then they come out of that 
and you have 16 guys and then they go bracket style right. from there? Or do you like it the old way where they would just do 64 and they would just play it off? There was no yeah, round robin. I kind of like it the old way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it just kind of fits with the time of the year too. Obviously, they do mm-hmm. this, this time of year because March Madness is going on. But on the flip side, maybe maybe it's not worth it. For, maybe it's more appealing to some guys because you get a little bit more golf get to fine tune your game a little bit on that stage. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe had a little play into why they switched it up, but yeah, I kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued both ways for sure. Yeah. Like this is my favorite events of the year, especially because of the time it falls and it's, you know, the masters is fast approaching when this guy, you know, when this tournament rolls around on the, on the tournament uh, schedule. So yeah, but I, I think I kind of like the old school way a little bit better, just a little yeah. bit more drama from, from start to finish. All right. Well, it's all going to get started on Wednesday. Uh, it's Wednesday through Sunday this week. WGC is the match play. Dell Technologies, Austin Country Club. Great spot. Great finish. This I think this course works because the last six holes you can make a lot of birdies, mm-hmm. um, and so there will certainly be some fireworks um, down the stretch as guys um, look to put their opponent away or try to catch up. Mark Harris. With Brobile, also the founder of By the Flagstick. Thank you for joining me here on the podcast. Yeah, man. Had a blast. Thank you so much for having me, and hopefully we'll do it again sometime. All right. Sounds good. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels, visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 